Jaguars Digital. Jaguars, Jaguars Digital. Jaguars Drive Time. Brian Sexton. John Osher. Ashlyn Sullivan. Jaguars Drive Time starts right now. Good morning. Happy Tuesday in Jacksonville. Time for Jags Drive Time and a very busy week this week, leading to a really busy week next week as the uh, the Jags get set for the 2017 NFL Draft. Hi, everybody. Did I say 17? Wow. I'm still saying 17 and it's April. Uh, 2018 NFL Draft. Good morning and welcome to Drive Time. Ashlyn, back at the desk. How are you this morning? I'm good. I like it here. It was Zone's recommendation. It was. me here. So you're comfortable. Oh, I'm, I'm fantastic. <laughs> what a day yesterday, huh? Oh, yeah, it was something. It really was. And I don't know if – I don't know if you could recapture that. It, it was a unique moment. I, I, in all the years that I've been around mm-hmm. guys retiring in the NFL, I've never seen that. Anything like that. You know, it's funny. I uh, in, in trying to plan what I was going to cover and, and, uh, and what I was going to write off the press conference – I actually anticipated and had thought coming in, I would probably write Telvin off as one of my stories and as even the main story because I anticipated him talking a lot about how much Paul meant to him. And I think it's one of the unique stories. It's, it, and I, I was glad it played out that way because I think fans, for the first time, maybe truly realized what they meant to each other. But I didn't quite expect that level of emotion. I can't say that I expected it to come out that raw and that uh, real and it was a great moment I'm not surprised by it because I know how close they were and anybody who has seen them knows that but it was certainly something that uh, anybody who was there and watched it was couldn't have not been moved by it on to big things on to big things well that is big thing number one Paul Pazlesen's retirement after seven seasons here in Jacksonville however Telvin Smith absolutely stole the show here's what he had to say I promise, I promise, I love you, I appreciate you, and forever, you have a place with me as my brother. Can I introduce y'all to Paul Puzzlesty? So a couple things go through your mind. The first is... The game on TV is not the most personal game, right? I mean, guys wear the helmets. They look like um, they look like robots, you know, at times. Like like it's a great big video game. You can't you can't get to know a guy with a helmet on. And I think people lose track sometimes. I mean, you can just see it on Twitter when players are are, are gutted for dropping a pass or making a mistake, or you, you just it it it's depersonalizing, right? Is that even a word? Dehumanizing. And then yesterday. Uh, it was the turbo boost. It, I thought that Telvin Smith showed the human side of the game in a way that most people don't ever see. Perfectly. And it was funny, after the speech, he, he's standing right there and he's like, man, he had this big notebook. He's like, I didn't even read any of my notes. I didn't even open yeah. the notebook. He had this whole speech planned out, but it was almost better that way that it was just him truly just speaking from his heart. Well, and the fact that we're we're talking about Paul Puzlesny's retirement ceremony, we've been talking about Telvin for the first couple minutes off the top of the show, goes to tell you how impactful it was. Do you have something I want to say on this? Because I'm well, going to Paul. I think um, that's the reason I wrote Telvin the way I did. And I I thought about it. I'm like, well, here I am writing Telvin Smith, and it's Paul's uh, retirement ceremony. 
But in what Telvin said and in the way he said it, it told Paul's story. It told why he was so important to this franchise, uh, the work ethic, the way he dedicated himself to next season because of Paul and the legacy. Um, yes, Telvin stole the show in a sense, but I think Paul would tell you that was the perfect way for him to because if you think about it, a teammate showed such love for the man that he told his story. I think that's how Paul would have liked his story told Anyway, so I thought it was perfect. Well, and Paul stood there and said, I don't have that gift. Right. Right? He led. He was asked a question about leadership. He talked about leading by example because clearly I don't have Telvin's particular gift, the ability mm-hmm. to stand there and to say it. Here's the thing. The, the word that, that I left with um, from Paul was example. Mm-hmm. From the moment that he showed up here in 2011 until his final moment as part of the team – he set the example. Miles Jack was sitting there. Telvin Smith was sitting there. Uh, Cam Robinson was sitting in the back of the room. Young players seeing what a professional football player is supposed to be. And I, I glanced occasionally. Tom Coughlin was sitting in the back of the room, which I thought was a tremendous sign of respect, right? I mean, Tom is usually sitting in 1A, right? That's where the top guy is. Tom, Doug, Dave all sat at the back of the room because this was Paul's day. But I would glance from time to time and just see the beaming smile on Doug or on Tom Dave's face. I mean, this is the kind of guy you want to set the example for everyone in your locker room. Well, and they're all thinking one thought. Give me 53 of those oh. guys. Oh, yeah. Does he have to leave? Right. Right? Does he have to leave? And here's another thing. As he stood there at the podium, I thought, he'll be coaching. People have asked me, do you think Paul Pizzolesny will be a coach? I thought, well, he's made almost $50 million. He's got a young family. Uh, his whole life has been in this game. I don't know. I don't, the attraction for current players to become coaches wouldn't seem to be as strong, right? Because right. the money is so strong. And yet, as I stood there and, and watched him at the podium, I thought, oh, yeah, he looks like a coach, sounds like a coach, acts like a coach. And then he didn't deny it when somebody said, well, right. what do you think about coaching? He'll have a tough time staying. Well, I just had one thought. I said, boy, I can see why this guy's retiring because he sure has let himself go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he could obvious. obviously play if he wanted to. Um, you know, I think as we all heard, and, and as I've written a couple of times, he left because he didn't think he could live up to his own standard. To me, that feels like he could probably live up to 98% of it. They would have loved to have had him back. But, you know, he didn't want to look on film and see himself not what he thought he should be. So, again... To the end, living up to his own standard. I um, I told Ashland as we were walking down the hallway yesterday, I really, truly believe it. We've seen a bunch of these around here lately. You know, Rasheen Mathis and Maurice Jones-Drew and Fred. I don't know if you'll ever see one like that again. Nope. I don't. I mean, the, the combination of personalities, the human side of it, right, where you have an emotional guy like Telvin and you have the stoic, business-like Pazlesny who even, you know, he was dabbing his eyes as he was sitting there in the front row, too. It wasn't easy for him at all. And the one story that that neither one of them elaborated on, which really goes to the heart of their relationship, I thought, was when Telvin's brother was shot. And Paul didn't come with the team right away to Detroit for the game. He stayed and went to Valdosta for the funeral. And then after that game, the emotion, I don't know if you were in the locker room or not, but Telvin had a tough time composing himself uh, after the game. You bet. Paul was uh, consoling him. And what I remember is during that whole time, 
Paul speaking for Telvin after that game. I think I think Telvin spoke after that game, but Paul standing and speaking sort of for Telvin, and much like yesterday, they were so close and so as one that I think it was just a natural thing. You have to worry. I, I think Paul had to worry at the time. Should I speak for Telvin? They just sort of knew and, you know, use the word brother all the time. They used it yesterday, and I think they will be. We could just keep going and going and going on oh, this yeah. topic. One, you know, one more obvious thing to talk about, and this has made the rounds, by the way. Uh, you and I were watching on NFL Network earlier as they were playing it and discussing it. It's been all through social media. Um, was the black and white component of it? Because both men mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Telvin said, you know, a guy who didn't go through the struggle with me, who loved the game as much as I did. And Paul mentioned the fact that he was a white kid from Pennsylvania, couldn't have had a different upbringing background, and that together, you know, the teamwork, you know, the locker room, it just it set all the differences aside, and that's where it didn't matter what color you were or where you came from or where you went to school or any of that stuff. I thought that was a powerful moment. It's one that I think, as people look back at Puzlesny and, and Telvin's relationship, will have great value. Oh, yeah. You talk about the human side of it. What is more human than that? Yeah. And there would be moments when they played. The thing I'll remember about both of them, beyond all this, there were moments when they played where one of them would make a tackle and they would, you know, the old thing, they'd come running from five yards away and they would do the jump up and and hip bump or whatever. And I always think that's Telvin's influence on Paul, meaning made him younger. He was already a 10, 11-year guy, but that they sort of came together and became one when nothing in their background, nothing suggested in their, they could, you know, what you know, suggest they could, but their lockers were next to each other for two or three years, and they became uh, again sort of uh, playing as one. And you could tell they loved playing together, and they took joy in each other's success. The whole thing. I mean, it was a great. Story. One, one more quick thought, just before we go, and that is that as he stood there and mentioned Telvin and Paul called out Miles Jack, who I think we all think is going to be a terrific, great, maybe even all-pro football player, uh, I couldn't help but think this this must be the golden age of Jaguars linebackers. To have Paul Pazlesny introduced by Telvin Smith, who is all-pro, and then talking about their teammate Miles Jack and the two years they came together. Uh, what an experience for the three of them to be in the same meeting room and for the coaches who coach them to be in that rarefied linebacker era. Well, the thing that wasn't said yesterday that Miles has talked about the ease that Paul made that transition, the humbleness, knowing this kid was going to take his job at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you hear that story all the time, yep. but this was a real thing for those two. All right. Quick break. We come back. More big things here on Jags Drive Time. On Twitter, tune in, Periscope, Facebook, wherever you want to find us. We are social. We are live on Tuesday mornings through the off season here at Everbank Field on Tuesday mornings. Miss the Jaguars uniform launch and draft party presented by PRI Productions on Thursday, April 26th at Daly's Place. Register for free at jaguars.com slash draftparty18 for the chance to see the defending AFC South champions wearing our new uniforms live on stage. Gates open at 6.30 when the live show kicks off with expert analysis, performances by the Roar and D-Line, and player autographs. Be the first to try on a new jersey and purchase your own at the Jaguars Pro Shop. Then watch the team select the newest Jaguar with the 29th pick. Registration is free at jaguars.com, so Get your tickets today. Jags fans, experience Everbank Field like never before. Visit jaguars.com slash tours and book a guided behind-the-scenes tour. Hear stories of great plays by Jaguars legends. 
Get up close and personal with the famous video boards and see why the Travel Channel named Everbank Field is one of the 15 bucket list destinations for any football fan. Discounts available for children, first responders, and military. Visit jaguars.com slash tours for tickets and details. See you at the bank. What do you call a pack of Jaguars? A jamboree. The Jacksonville Jaguars want to offer a big thank you to the five local companies who've made the Jaguars jamboree a party that never stops. Everbank, Baptist Health, Dreamfinders Homes, Publix, and U.S. Assure. Each of these partners provides unmatched support and dedication to the team year in and year out and help make game day special. Jaguars fans, join the Jamboree and support these companies and all the partners who support the team. Welcome back to Jags Drive Time on this Tuesday morning. Here with Big Thing number two today is a pretty big day. Players reporting back for off-season workouts. We're used to the past three months it being totally quiet in these hallways, and yesterday... There was commotion, and it was a nice sound. Players oh, yeah. back to work. Yeah, it's going to get a lot busier, and I, I'm told the food gets a little bit better around here when oh, the players return, good. right? I noticed that. <laughs> Playing right to your soft spot, yeah. pal. Yeah, it's a good day. Yeah, <laughs> real good. Look at the smile <laughs> nice on his face. Meal. There's nothing John likes nice better pasta. than somebody preparing him a great meal and not asking for his credit card when it's done. Bonus. Right? I like turkey pot. Yeah. <laughs> but importantly, there was an energy in the building. Guys came back with the expectation. You know, a year ago, it felt like, all right, what's this going to be, right? I mean, who's the head coach, right? That was a popular question. Is Tom really running this thing through, Doug? <laughs> well, yeah, right, we found that out. So now, a year later, it's Doug's program. Uh, Tom sets the expectations quietly from wherever he's at. Quietly is probably not the right verb. Uh, adjective, adverb, whatever it might be. Powerfully. Powerfully. Yeah, probably a better way to go. It. But he doesn't have to say a lot, right? His presence just does that. So we know all these things now. And now you come in and you know what the offseason program is. You know what this team is. And the expectation level being higher is a good thing. Well, and it, and I think there's reason to believe that there will be strides. And you know, I did an interview a few weeks ago with Miles Jack. And here's a guy who had his first year as a starter last year. Uh, first year as, as a real full-time player. The jump that he can make from year two to year three. And offensively. The jump that you can make in a second year of a coordinator, second year with Blake Bortles as a coordinator, second year in this system for the entire team, as good as they were last year, there's no guarantees. But I think there's an excitement. I would assume there's an excitement on the part of the players of, okay, we were successful in this first year getting to know this thing, this whole system. How good can we be in the second year? It doesn't come automatically. I'm, I'm sure that's the first thing Doug will say today when he talks to the media, but with the work that they put in, there is reason to believe that a year two program should be better than a year one program. You know, here's something that stuck with me is that in years past, guys would come in, get the physical done, you know, get the first day done and get out, move on, mm -hmm. right? They're used to their time being completely their own. Uh, yesterday, there were players lingering, you know, guys yep. who were hanging out, you know, eating upstairs, uh, walking the hallways. You got the sense that they were glad to be back and glad to be around one another again, which, look, obviously we saw with the Paul and, and Telvin thing how much guys enjoy that locker room and being together. For whatever it's worth, that um, that sense of can't wait to get started mm. was stronger yesterday and probably will be today than I've seen it in a long time around here. So. Very smart move to have the uh, Puzlesny thing on the day they came back. To allow players to see that, by the way. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, how many guys were in there? You'd say 30? Yeah, mm -hmm. a couple dozen. Yeah. yeah. Well, 
he's one of the guys you knew everyone would show up for. Sure. So it made a lot of sense. All right, big thing number three. Big thing number three. Now we're moving on to Thursday, another huge day. State of the franchise, uniform unveiling, you name it. It's going to be a very big day, maybe even a possible schedule release. We'll have a lot to talk about on Thursday. Yeah, you know, the, the hints on the schedule release thing, are they're just hitting you over the head, NFL Network. If you go back historically and look, uh, the schedule is out the week before the draft regularly. They don't want to take away from the draft next week. They don't want to wait till afterwards. They want to get the schedule out. It'll be out Thursday, May, you know, maybe Wednesday, but the NFL Network is now bang, 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 coming soon on our mm-hmm. air. It's, you know it's coming this week. Oh, yeah. They just said on Good Morning Football, maybe this week, maybe next yeah, week. They're, they're like teasing around with coy, it. But yeah. <laughs> when they start pulling out the promos on that, just buckle up. And if you go back six, seven, eight years, it's, it's traditionally been either the Wednesday or Thursday before the draft. This is an awful before. scenario for me. I've got to work way too much that day. Oh. So I'm not you so well, we told you. you last week, hey, the off season ended last week. Doesn't mean I have to like it. Means it's, no. means but we, it's I, I like it. Yeah, we thought yeah. you'd be happy so. to be back. But sitting next to Ashland Tuesday it, morning. In all seriousness, uh that day being the day that fans will get to see the new uniforms, get to see the news, the state of the franchise this year I think has a chance to be as much fun for fans as it has been. And I expect that uh, Mark Lamping, when he discusses the state of the franchise and the business side, will uh, like what he has to say in terms of the direction of the franchise. Sure. And uh, people are excited about you know an update on whatever they're going to do in Lot J, whatever they want to do with the Shipyards Project. And then the uniform thing is hanging there. People have been anxious to see it. Um, I don't know. I, I I saw a couple things yesterday they're working on. It's cool. I wait till you get a chance to really see what everyone in this building and, and people. Someone said to me the other night. I was at a speaking engagement. They said, "So watch all the secret. What I mean? Why not find out what the fans like?" Well, they do. There's a whole process to this, sure. but the anticipation level for this is so strong, and the Jaguars are just teasing a little bit here and there to obviously. You know, for marketing purposes, build to mm-hmm. that moment where they unveil them and take advantage of the energy. But the energy's out there. People are really curious about what these are going to look like. Yeah, I, I think they're going to like them. They're cool. I mean, they should be excited. It's a big deal. It is now. We're making it a big deal. Yes. Well, not us. The whole organization is. <laughs> Just us. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. We're here pounding it. So it's already been an eventful week. Today continues and, of course, tomorrow and into Thursday. And then there's a draft luncheon, and we'll have an update for you on that on Friday. In fact, after the luncheon, uh, we're working on a couple of guys to stop by live and spend some time with us. So yeah, we may have Tom, Dave, Doug, any combination of them on Jaguars.com on Friday. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, snapshot. We'll let you decide how to leave it with that. You call a pack of Jaguars. A Jamboree. The Jacksonville Jaguars want to offer a big thank you to the five local companies who've made the Jaguars Jamboree a party that never stops. Everbank, Baptist Health, Dreamfinders Homes, Publix, and U.S. Assure. Each of these partners provides unmatched support and dedication to the team year in and year out and help make game day special. Jaguars fans, join the Jamboree and support these companies and all the partners who support the team. Jags fans, experience Everbank Field like never before. Visit jaguars.com slash tours and book a guided behind-the-scenes tour. Hear stories of great plays by Jaguars legends. 
Get up close and personal with the famous video boards and see why the Travel Channel name Everbank Field is one of the 15 bucket list destinations for any football fan. Discounts available for children, first responders, and military. Visit jaguars.com slash tours for tickets and details. See you at the bank. Don't miss the Jaguars Uniform Lunch and Draft Party presented by PRI Productions on Thursday, April 26th at Daly's Place. Register for free at jaguars.com slash draftparty18 for the chance to see the defending AFC South champions wearing our new uniforms live on stage. Gates open at 6.30 when the live show kicks off with expert analysis, performances by the Roar and D-Line, and player autographs. Be the first to try on a new jersey and purchase your own at the Jaguars Pro Shop. Then watch the team select the newest Jaguar with the 29th pick. Registration is free at jaguars.com. So get your tickets today. You know, we jokingly called this now the Sullivan Osher Sexton Zone last week. Um, whether we do that or not depends on the look on John's face. More importantly, though, we just like the music. We just decided to keep it as sort of a theme to yeah, this. SOS by the police. Yeah. Ashlyn, uh, the police <laughs> were a popular 80s band with some reggae-based and uh, some punk uh, oh. background in the early 80s. That, Sting, Stuart Copeland. Thank you for that. that I wasn't aware. Okay. Thank we you. thought now would be a good time to introduce you to the dynamic that goes on here between John and the younger set on our set, Ashley. Yeah, it's a lot of hatred yes. on her part toward me. Envy. <laughs> Envy. I get All right, let, her, let him have it, lady. All right, let's go with Pete from Queensbury, New York. No question, John, just here to say Telvin's speech for Puzlesny was emotional, amazing, words fail me. Well, I got that a lot uh, last night and going through the Ozone inbox. The fans, I, I was glad we streamed it. Obviously, we stream everything now. But it, it was a cool moment that really showed uh, the ability of these guys to connect not only to each other, to the fans, Um I thought it was cool when Ashland said a minute ago that uh, Telvin didn't even really read his speech. He just let it go from the heart. And it really felt from reading the emails last night that fans got that. They attached to it. And sometimes it's cool for the fans to see, you know, um, yeah, that's why I like this guy. That's why I'm attached to this team. And that was one of those moments yesterday. Well, it didn't take long to understand how important Telvin is to his teammates. Uh, When Calais Campbell got here and Calais – gravitated towards mm-hmm. Telvin. Mm-hmm. That told you everything you needed to know. And and I I anticipated, I think as you guys probably did too, that it was going to be good. Right. That it was going to be worth watching. Oh, yeah. I didn't know it would be something that we'd be talking about. We'd probably be talking about this for years. It will be something we remember the day that Telvin stole the show. Well and it was cool when he you know he started crying before the end of the first sentence. And he you could tell crying. <laughs> well, I, he was I was just sort of like well that's how it's going to be. I don't care. So I, before I went down, I ran down to Shad's office, and Paul was there with uh, with Telvin and Rasheen, and they were just kind of going over what they were going to talk about, and I wanted to try to get on the same page. And Telvin said, I hope I can at least get through my first sentence without crying. I mean, he knew it was coming. Right. Everyone knew it was coming. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was cool. You know when he walked in with a suit and that notebook? Oh. He meant business. Yeah. He was taking this really seriously. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> All right, Ozone number two, Chris from Texas. Contrary to what everyone seems to think, this team does have one gapping hole, backup running back. I like Corey Grant and TJ Yeldon is serviceable in a third down role, but this team is designed to be a power running team. If Leonard Frenette gets hurt, they no longer have a running back who can fill that role, forcing them to throw the ball much more than they would want. 
Where's Chris Ben? We've been talking about this for weeks. From Goodnight, Texas. That's where he is. Yeah, he's there. It's not We've been talking for weeks about the fact that you have to have a backup running back, the style of Leonard Fournette, because Leonard's running style, at least my belief, is you won't get 16 games a year out of a guy like that. His style is so forceful, so brutal, so violent, that he's going to get nicked up, and you're going to play that way, so you need a second back. Now, is he going to be Leonard Fournette? No. Leonard was the fourth overall pick for a reason. But there are some big backs in this draft, mm-hmm. third, fourth, fifth round. Mm-hmm. That's not a surprise. Absolutely. That's a priority on draft day, I would think. Yeah, and I think that that will be, as you said, the thing I wonder going to the draft, and I said this a lot, I wonder how high they'll go with it. If, if, if somebody falls them in the first or second round, I can't see it in the first. I do wonder about the second if, if they're sitting in that draft room and they see somebody special sitting there as a running back. The way this team plays um, – I can't predict that they would do it because I think there are a couple of their needs that they would go with. But it wouldn't shock you if all of a sudden they had two backs where you were sitting there on day two of the draft and they did it and they're talking about it and, and they're laying out their reasons of, hey, we're a running team. This is what we do. It would be logical if they did. I think it'll be third to sixth round. But round two, you just wonder. Plus, let's remember, TJ Yeldon has one more year on his, right. on his rookie deal. So, and with the salary cap situation this team has and the priority they're going to have to place on defensive players, sure. Yeah, you need a young back to groom for TJ Yeldon's eventual replacement. Absolutely. They know it's a hole. They'll fix it. Agreed. Agreed. Greg from section 122 in Jacksonville. I really think the Jaguars should pursue Des Bryant. I mean, if we ever have a team that need a legit number one receiver threat, it's us. He could be that missing piece. Lure him in with the talk of the rings. Yeah, I just don't see this one, Brian. No I, thanks. I, and uh, you know, I don't necessarily. I'm not as no thanks. I think if 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 you could get a guy like Des Bryant for a couple million dollars, yeah, great. Um, I think he would fit in terms of the swagger and all that. I just don't think the premise of the question is this team needs a number one receiver. I don't know that he's that anymore. So the numbers where, say he's not right. right. So that's where I think the argument falls short. The, the the production in the last couple of years doesn't match up to the name. Um, again, if you could get it for a couple million, I think so. But I, I I can't imagine that scenario, and I can't imagine this has what is legs for this franchise. What is what does your buddy Pete Prisco always say? Old, slow, make too much dough, gotta go. Right? I mean, to me, I, and I laugh whenever he says that. But this is, I mean, Des Bryant is older. He's slower than he was. He makes too much money. He's gotta mm-hmm. go. I mean, and so Dallas said goodbye. And I just don't see where he fits in this locker room. Well, the Cowboys brought in Alan Hearns, who's now one of their top uh, one or two receivers, and uh, let Des Bryant go. Now, there was money factor in there. but well, Yeah, I mean, Des was $16.5 million on their salary. If cap. you believe that the Cowboys believe they're better off with Hearns than yeah, Des why Bryant. Why would you want Des Bryant? Then it stands to reason the other way coming back wouldn't make sense for the Jaguars. I don't think it's going to happen. When the Jaguars played Des Bryant and the Cowboys in London in 2014, they couldn't stop him. I mean, he was a, a one-man wrecking crew. Anything, Anytime he had the ball in his hands, he was getting the extra yards, the first down, the touchdown. It, it's been since then that he's been that kind of player. Maybe right. 15. But 16 and 17 were not good seasons for him. I just don't see why. I mean, I get it. People want that star performer. They think, ooh, Des Bryant. They don't see the last two years. They just see the last time they saw him good, great even, because he was. Uh, no thanks. Well, he could certainly fit into this top five. I just don't think he would change oh. the, the dynamics of your receiving core. Yeah. No thanks. No thanks. Brian All says right. no thanks. Well, they're going to listen to Brian. <laughs> yes, they will. <laughs> right. Eventually. <laughs>
at, at my house, they're going to start listening to me? No, because they aren't here. I'm just saying, I don't want older players past their prime who cost me a lot of money. It's a game of replacement, not maintenance. I want young talent, not old talent. Well, yeah, especially when you're looking at next year with the defense cap hits. You can't. Yeah. No. Yep. You have anything Agreed. else to say? No, I'm good. Okay. All right, Ashley. Well, you if you're good, we're good, John. Because we're waiting for me to say goodnight. Wrap it up. Yeah. All right, folks. Hope you have a great Tuesday. For John Osier, Ashlyn Sullivan, Joe Fortunato, Max Huckman, and Patrick Cavanaugh. That'll do it for Jags Drive Time. See you next week as we get ready for the NFL Draft.